Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of my podcast, airing it out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. And uh, we hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying uh, safe out there in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of scary times out there. And uh, we certainly hope that all is well and uh, you're uh, continuing to social distance and, and wash your hands. And Massachusetts is making great strides. Uh, we are uh, right now the lowest in the nation in terms of uh, the coronavirus spread. So that's good news. Hopefully, uh, we'll get through this uh, much, much quicker than we anticipated, although it has been dragging on for a while. My name is John Leahy. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. We have a great podcast for you today. I'm going to introduce our guest in just a moment. Uh, and before we get to that, I'd like just to take a moment and remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Anchor. The number one podcasting app on the market today with the Anchor app. It's so easy to make a great sounding podcast. And the best part, the Anchor app is free. The Anchor app contains creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. Anchor takes care of distributing your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more places where podcasts are heard. You can also make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. Trust me, everything you need to make a great sounding podcast all in one place is with the Anchor app. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We have a very special guest in the house on the podcast today. This gentleman uh, was the public address announcer for Merrimack College men's hockey this past season. And uh, he's a guy who has uh, rapidly got his uh, presence out by way of uh, a podcast of his own uh, called Title Town Takes. We're going to talk a little bit more about that shortly but uh, joining us on the podcast today is uh, our good friend Ian Beauchene from Merrimack College. Ian how are you? Great to have you with us today. John thanks very much. I uh, appreciate the kind words in the intro and uh, pleasure pleasure to be here. Well okay uh, Ian uh, you uh, had uh, a role this past year as uh, Merrimack's uh, public address hockey announcer and uh, you did a fantastic job with it. Uh, how did that evolve for you and uh, what are your what were your thoughts and and uh, experiences in the season that just went by? Uh, your thoughts about uh, the team and what happened and uh, your job as a whole. So I guess for me, my whole story it kind of goes back to my first year I stepped on campus as a freshman. Um, I kind of took on a role working at the hockey rink as a member of the ice maintenance crew. Uh, some great folks over there uh, way back at the start of two thousand and sixteen. Um, at that point, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do uh, with my time at Merrimack, but I figured it was a great way to get involved and just I was going to be at the hockey games anyway. So, you know, may as well go and earn a little bit of a paycheck as well at the same time. Um, during that time, I connected with the former head of the SID department and Chris Aliano and kind of just expressed some of my interests in wanting to get involved in sports athletics uh, and communications, whether that was play-by-play uh, -play work uh, for some of the other sports across campus or color analyst work as well. Um, and then, you know, public address announcing has kind of always drawn some interest for me. Um, obviously, when you go to hockey games or any game in general, you're you tune into the big voice over the radio or the speakers and, you know, nobody actually really gives it any thought it's kind of just okay there's another voice there someone else is talking and and this and that but it's always been an interest to me um but moving forward um i took on more of a role in the communications department and 
this past uh, last August, I should say, in 2019, I was approached by uh, Michael Sullivan, who took over for Chris uh, when he left to pursue other opportunities. And Mike offered me the opportunity to try out uh, the public address role for the home opener against the University of Wisconsin. And he said that uh, he convinced the powers that be, I remember those words specifically, and he said, you know, we're going to give you the home opener and, and see where it goes from there. Uh, obviously, the result wasn't exactly the best uh, as far as the outcome of the game is concerned. I know you can speak to that uh, on a firsthand basis as well, having to call the game yourself. But uh, a week later, I was I was called back up to Mike's office and he uh, congratulated me and said that they were awarding me the position not only for the men's uh, side of things, but the uh, but the women's opportunities as well as the public address role. And I took it and, uh, you know, I was able to have a lot of fun with it. And uh, ultimately, I think I had one of the best seats in the house each and every night. There was a hockey game at Waller Rink this year. Yeah, Ian, you, you did a fantastic job. My Mike and I can attest to that. You know, we were with you for every home game. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot more to it uh, in your case than just the, doing the PA, isn't there? I mean, you're you're there when the officials come over. Uh, you know, they, they tell you about goals and penalties. And they also uh, have to do video reviews. So you're right there on the hot seat. So you know pretty much before anybody else what's going on in terms of a video review, right? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a unique perspective. Um, you know, obviously when there's a question of a call on the ice, the officials are going to come over and converse in the official's crease, which is directly right outside on the other side of the glass from where I sit uh, in between the home and visitors penalty benches. Uh, for those people that may not be familiar, it's a unique setup where the home bench and the penalty benches uh, are both on one side of the ice and the visitors benches across the way from where both you and I sit on the home side of the ice. But they'll come over, they'll converse, and one of them will lean in and speak through the little uh, communication hole, if you want to call it that, to both myself and uh, Mike, the timekeeper, to let us know, hey, look, we're going to come in and take a look at this. They'll give me a second to go over the loudspeaker and make an announcement over to the fans and those in attendance, especially for folks like you and visiting broadcast crews that are up on the press row to let them know this is what's being looked at. The call on the ice is, for example, the call on the ice is a good goal. The previous play is under review. I'll step out, allow them to come into the box and take a look at the monitor and communicate with those running the replay up top. And then from there, before they step out, they'll say, here's our call. This is what we've deemed, whether it's the call on the ice stands, it's a good goal, or the call on the ice has been overturned because of such and such a reason and i'll then go and relay that information to everybody in-house as well yeah it's uh, certainly an important job you know we're when we're up in the radio booth uh you know we don't know what they're looking at we don't we don't always get that uh, information firsthand so we really rely on you uh to provide it but I, i'd like to get your thoughts too ian on the season uh that just concluded you know certainly merrimack was a young team a lot of uh a freshman, but the freshman really stepped up, I thought, and did an outstanding job. Three young goaltenders as well. Uh, it really seemed like this Merrimack team got stronger as the year went on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to join you guys as well during a couple of your intermission uh, reports, both uh, once at home in Lawler and once down at the Songus Center in Lowell. Um, so thank you for those opportunities as well. 
But yeah, no, no, this was definitely a very young team. I think we knew that coming into the year. There was a lot of turnover. Um, Coach Boric in his second year had his guys coming in. So these were some of his, these were majority of his recruits. Um, so it was going to be a true test to see how Coach and his staff were able to go out and find guys that were going to fit the system that he wanted. Um, I was really impressed with the back end, specifically with guys like Declan Carlisle and Zach Ewins and Pat Holloway when he was able to step into the lineup uh, towards the later half of the year. He kind of found his groove, and and from there we, we kind of saw things start to progress, and I think that moving forward we're going to see a lot more improvement. Obviously, you're going to have goaltenders coming back this year with another year under their belt. A guy like Yuri Hudema, he was able to improve as the year went on. I think, you know, there was going to be a little bit of an adjustment period right out of the gate coming over from the European style to the North American style, where over there it's more east-west as opposed to here it's a lot more north-south. And the guys are going to try and beat you with finesse and skill moves over there. Where over here it's, I'm going to beat you to the puck, I'm going to be the first man in, and we're going to make plays better than your guys can um moving ahead now i think the big question is going to be where they're going to get some of the scoring on the front end obviously you're going to lose a couple of people um, from your top line in irvine and sammy tavernier however i think getting jordan seifert back into the lineup after his lost season last year with an injury is going to be crucial um also you're going to get guys um like Chase Sock will have another year under his belt, and it will be interesting yep. to see what these new recruits coming in this year in the class of 2024 are going to bring. There's a lot of uh, guys that have strong hockey IQs. I heard Coach Boric in a conversation. He was talking about the incoming class. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking to back to the hockey rink, provided everything safely in accordance with the world that we're currently living in. Obviously, the bigger picture is the health and safety of the general populace here in the United States, and obviously in the so the but provided everything's done right and correct, I think we can get back to the rink and have another fabulous hockey season in the fall of well, 2020. Well, you bring up a great point, and that's exactly what I'm going to lead into now. The pandemic that we're dealing with certainly none of us have ever seen this uh, type of thing in our lifetime. Uh, there's been, of course, a loss of sports along the way. Uh, how are you coping with it personally and also with the loss of sports in your life? For me, and you mentioned it at the intro, I'm doing a podcast myself. Um, it started with a couple of my friends this past year during our senior year. It started out as a radio show on campus via WMCK, the Merrimack College Radio Network. Um, so that was an exciting opportunity able to go into studio uh, each and every week and just talk sports with a couple of buddies every Wednesday night. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, when the pandemic hit and quarantine was put into place, uh, it kind of forced our hand. We started turning the wheel as far as taking our show and turning podcast format uh, in the end of the school year came around but we saw this as a tremendous opportunity to not only get ahead of 
turning our program into a podcast, but also finding ways to connect with members of the sports world well to see if they have a little bit of time to come on and talk sports and be, maybe to be able to tell a few stories that during a regular calendar, they wouldn't actually have that time to do so. Um, here, guys talking about you know local networks here in, with Nesson, uh, rewriting the entire 2011 Bruins Stanley Cup run was a big thing for me, so that was fun to watch. Um, you know, but as far as a loss of sports goes, you know, it's it's taking the good that comes with the bad. Obviously, you're going to get stories saying, okay, we're looking at a return here, but you can also get counter um, counterintuitive information as far as uh, we're, we're going to push back a return date as we've seen a couple of times now with baseball. They're potentially getting back swing of things. So, you know, being able to relive some old moments and stuff that looking back, as I mentioned on the Bruins, that run happened. So to be able to look back on that time for me was exciting and to be able to sit down and watch some of those games with my father and my sister, who are also big hockey fans as well, um, was exciting. So th- that's kind of how I've been dealing with that. And uh, Ian, how can people uh, get a hold of, of your podcast, uh, Title Town Takes? So, like you, John, uh, we we started our podcast through Anchor. Great, po- uh, great platform for those of the, those of you who don't know about Anchor. You know, it's a great way to just start up and real simple. It's real easy. Uh, you can find us on YouTube uh, under Title Town Takes. You can find us on Spotify. Apple Music, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Um, it's it's great. You can find us on Twitter at TitleTown underscore takes. Uh, we post at least once a week We during this time where we've kind of run out of information um, and some of these storylines are kind of starting to repeat as far as, you know, we're going to push back start dates here and there. Uh, we've kind of condensed down to once a week. Hopefully when things kind of get back into it, somewhat of a normal routine we'll start to get back to two episodes a week but yeah you can find us under the name of title town takes excellent ian uh, and i know I've, I've had a chance to tune in and i've been fortunate to be a guest on your podcast as well so uh i encourage people to, to tune in and listen it's great stuff uh, let me let me get your thoughts now on a few things uh first of all major league baseball returning uh it looks like they're gonna have a 60 game season uh, spring training We'll get going uh, very soon. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, condensed schedule? Originally, when they announced it was going to be, I thought it was just going to be all divisional game or potentially make the rest of your, for example, for the Red Sox, the rest of the American leagues. You get your division and then split. 10 among the AL Central and the AL opponents there. The NL East as well. So I think it certainly benefits the Red Sox um, with their schedule as far as not having to travel all that much. Um, they're going to put Atlanta. But is 
have New York, Baltimore slash Washington to play the Orioles and Nationals. You're going to get the Phillies in there as well. Uh, obviously, you're going up to Toronto. Have a very uh, unique benefit here where they don't have a ton of travel. Whereas you look at some of the teams out in the AL West and the NL West, there are going to be times where they have to cover three different time zones because of how spread out they are. And that's going to create a lot more travel problems as far as that's concerned. Um, I certainly, a couple of weeks ago, didn't think there was going to even be a baseball season to begin with. Yeah. That we were at a complete uh, deadlock as far as the MLBPA, as far as that goes. I really thought that players edge and that we were going to head to another work stoppage like we'd seen uh, some 20 years ago. Um, so as concerned, obviously, uh, I saw one early on in the early 2000s uh, as far as hockey is concerned, and then there was one ten some 10 years ago as well. Actually, sorry, 2013 was the where the Bruins yeah. made another run at the Cup against Chicago. So I've seen a couple of hockey ones. It would have been unique to see a baseball one. Um, I still think there is a potential uh, following this year that we see a work stoppage uh, come the 2021 season uh, because I think there's a lot of differences between the Players Association and the owners as far as how money is being distributed uh, amongst the teams and organizations. Um I feel like players want the owners to open up their books a little bit more and show where some of this extra money is going because you look at it and you see all the excess revenue that comes in as far as when teams go on deep playoff runs. A lot of that money is going straight into the pockets of the owners and to, you know, obviously I'm not saying that it's going directly to owners, but I think the players feel that there should be some more revenue coming their way um, in regards to equally spending that extra money that's coming in. Absolutely. And uh, we also have to think about the NFL. Are we going to see that uh, starting on time? Training camp is supposed to open in July, so that's going to be interesting as well. Yeah, I think football is in a unique aspect here. Um Obviously, you look at it, right, you're going to get stadiums that are twice as large as baseball stadiums. So it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot tougher to try and accommodate fans of any aspect. The other big picture you have to look at is the fact that individuals and governors are going to be responsible for determining whether or not fans are going to be allowed inside some of these stadiums. You look at a state. As far as Massachusetts is concerned, we have the lowest at the moment across the country. I think that to that this whole pandemic was right from the output, and that it was handled very well as far as government here in Massachusetts is concerned. Sure, there were people all this too much. In the current state, looking back on it, was handled to 
open up more. Our economy is going to start to regain itself as far as its legs are concerned. Businesses are going to start to be able to That's concerned. We're going to see them come NFL adapt some sort of system where they allow whether it's twenty five percent capacity or fifty percent capacity. I think that is still in play. I don't think we'll see it locally here in England. I think if we see Patriots football at July, I think we're going to see empty stadium. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Ian. And uh, that leads me to uh, the next thought, the uh, NBA and NHL playoffs, uh, the uh, COVID-19 is uh, affecting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, their camp has been shut down. And uh, uh, do they even come back for their playoffs? I'm concerned with some of these positive tests that we've seen from the NHL. Obviously, I'm concerned for the health and players and those affiliated with teams and franchises. Here is that they were going to start opening up training facilities for players in small numbers. You're players and team representatives and staff that are returning to cities are some sort of practice facility. I, I know the border hasn't been officially open between the U.S. and Canada, but when he returned to Leafs practices, right. he tested positive. Now, I, I'm not sure whether he went back to Arizona when this whole thing started and they put the whole league on lockdown uh, or whether he opted to stay in Toronto. I think that when the NHL opened up again, you were going to start to see some of these numbers. And I know today some PGA Tour guys announced that they were withdrawing from the upcoming event down in Connecticut for the Travelers because they've had a couple of caddies test positive and they don't want to put anybody else on the PGA Tour at risk. I think that these positive tests that are coming back are the result of guys getting reacclimated with systems and there are guys that have been on lockdown and immune systems may be slightly compromised. Yeah. And I think it was bound to happen. I think the bigger picture here is that as long as we see numbers stay at an even keel and we don't see a dramatic spike, um, I think we'll be all set. I think we are going to get the NHL and the NBA back. As far as the yeah. NBA is concerned, I know Avery Bradley today announced that he wasn't going to be going to Orlando with the Lakers to take part in the NBA's postseason. Um, I know a couple announced that they weren't going to take part as well. Uh, and I think the bigger question as far as the NBA is concerned, the numbers down in Florida are spiking at such a dramatic rate 
that it could create a problem. If the NBA need a rise in Florida, and if we, they can't get that under control, I don't know if the NBA is going to be able to actually pull off their postseason plans. Yeah. Um, the big concern, obviously, is the health and safety of their players, as they've come out and said in their statements over the course of the last couple of months, they didn't want to put out a plan. Their players in a position where they felt unsafe, they felt it was going to be detrimental to their health and their family's health in the long run when they return back home following the end of the season or however it's handled. Absolutely. For the NBA's sake, they need to hope for the NBA's sake, they need to hope that numbers in Florida start to drop in at a decent rate uh, over the course of the next two weeks before training camps are set to be get uh, to get underway down in Florida. Absolutely. Great points. We're talking with Ian Beauchene. He is the uh, public address announcer for Merrimack College men's hockey. And Ian, uh, I'd like to just uh, come back uh, to your work, your uh, senior year at Merrimack. Uh, you made the Dean's list, certainly an outstanding achievement. Uh, so uh, what's next in your path for you? Well, that's a great question, John. Um, obviously, I'd like to continue my work with the athletics program over at Merrimack. They are heading in a tremendous path right now they, they are off to a great start we saw what their men's soccer team was able to accomplish in the fall their men's basketball program their women's basketball program both got off to tremendous starts in year one at the division one level uh, unfortunately a lot out of our campus due to the pandemic their seasons were all cut short um, currently i gig i work at the Haverhill country club as a member of the greens and maintenance crew up there so All right. with an opportunity to bring in some money and and just stay busy during the summer um i have been in talks with michael sullivan as i mentioned uh through the merrimack athletics communications department he said that uh if things allow it he is more than happy to have me back on campus and working with them in some aspect come the fall. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, I would also like to possibly get into some more play-by-play work as well. Um, that's another goal I have in my life, to be able to broadcast like yourself at some sort of uh, hockey level. Um, hockey's been a big sport in my life. And, you know, if I could find myself moving from a public address announcer's microphone to behind a headset calling hockey at some level, I would uh, – I wouldn't be opposed to that as well. Well, absolutely, Ian. You know, you you certainly have the the talent and the drive and the enthusiasm, and uh, I'm sure that uh, wherever your career takes you, uh, you're going to be successful at it. Uh, but you know, we're we're due to start in October. Merrimack is uh, due to start on the road at Penn State. Uh, what is your thought? Are we going to start on time? We will see. Division one sports in some aspect. Um, I again, we may not see fans in attendance for a little. You know, we may see reduced fans potentially kind of turn calendar when we turn to twenty twenty one. Headed in a positive direction as a country, and we have this whole situation in some sort of control and behind us. Um, I, I hope we get to 
start on time. I would more than uh, I would more than that Penn State trip. I would that is a that's a bucket list. Well, uh, love to be able to travel and, and get out to see a game out in Happy Valley as well. Um, so I certainly hope that we see hockey at some point. I know there are some other big games on the schedule for uh, Merrimack hockey. And as I mentioned earlier, I think that this is a program heading in a good direction. And I think we could see them back in a playoff spot potentially uh, come next March. I think that this is a program that, as you mentioned, towards the tail end of the year started to pick up a little bit of steam and started to play with some more confidence as a group. And I think that if they maybe had another two weeks under their belt, I think that they potentially could have squeezed into one of the final uh, playoff spots. And I think that that's definitely something uh, within grasp, if not this year, definitely the following year. Absolutely. And uh, great stuff. I'm going to ask you to hang with me here for a minute, though, because we have to get to a question that was sent to us. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Today's podcast brought to you by Anchor, the number one podcasting app on the market today. With the Anchor app, it's so easy to make a great sounding podcast. The best part, the Anchor app is free. The Anchor app contains creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. Anchor takes care of distributing your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more places where podcasts are heard. You can also make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. Trust me, everything you need to make a great sounding podcast all in one place is with the Anchor app. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today we had a question sent to us by the way i want to talk about the messaging part of the uh podcast uh in a moment but we got a question sent in to us from aaron todd who is the uh, sports information director at st lawrence and the contact for men's hockey todd uh, was originally from merrimack and uh, in fact he hired me for the position 16 years ago but he said um, he wanted to know uh when radio broadcasters travel on the road, what is the number one thing that they look for or need from a sports information director? Excellent question. And there's a couple of things that I wanted to bring up about that. The first thing I like to find out, especially if we're going to a rink that we've never been before, is I like to discuss what the radio booth setup is. I'd like to know if there is a internet, an ethernet port there, an ethernet jack that we can use what hardwire possibilities exist. And you also want to know about the wireless, how strong it is. If you don't have the capability to go live on Ethernet, you want to know how strong the wireless is. So that's the number one thing that I look for. And I'll reach out to an SID, particularly if we're going to a place we've never been to. I'll reach out to them early in the week just to get those questions answered. Now, most of the time, if not all of the time, when you go to a Division One rink, they're properly set up. And uh, you just want to have that peace of mind before you get there. You also want to, when you're on site with an SID, what you want, uh, what I like to do is I like to check with them for the, to see uh, uh, the availability of the coaches for the pregame chat. We like to go down and talk to the coaches prior to the game. And the SID is frequently uh, the best person to have a handle on those kind of things. And uh, then I'll just check in with any missing statistical info that we might need. I know there was a time uh, several years ago we were at Northeastern and uh, I needed some information on one of the Northeastern players and uh, John Hood was uh, uh, there at that time. Matt Hood, I beg your pardon, was there at that time. And uh, I asked Matt for the critical information. He was able to print it out on the printer. So those are th- really the three big things uh, I look for from an SID. And uh, 
Uh, Ian, do you have anything to, to add to that? I know uh, sports information directors play a crucial role in the process. Yeah, SIDs are, you know, a big, big role in the world of college sports, particularly. Um, you know, you mentioned there are times where you're going to be traveling to buildings and, and campuses that you've never been to before for the first time. And as you mentioned, it's it's crucial to get some of that information as far as, you know, the Ethernet is concerned or, you know, some of the different ins and outs of the arena and contact and, and how to get in touch with, for your instance, you know, opposing or an interviewer or, or visiting or a hosting head coach that you haven't got the chance to talk to before. Um, have some work in the sports information department as well. Um, you know, so they do a great job and I'm sure they make it real easy for some of the visiting crews that come into Lawler to assess and as much information their broadcasts in and parts uh, of their program go off without a hitch. Um, on my end, personally as well, uh, SIDs play a big part for me uh, because there are times where I'm looking over a roster prior to uh, a name or two that I'm not familiar with. Um, obviously, for me growing up in New England, I, I've been familiar with Hockey East and some of the names that have come through the programs over the course of the last 10 to 15 years, um, if not longer, uh, since I've really started paying attention to the game of college hockey. Um, you know, for example, this year when UConn came to town, there were a couple of names UConn roster that uh, were, were tougher because they were from uh, the Czech Republic and over in Russia as well. So I definitely wanted to make sure that I had pronunciations under my belt for yep. them as well. Because for me, it's it's not only making sure that I'm doing a good enough job for the fans in attendance. I take tremendous pride in making sure that these individuals that are on the ice each and every night are represented and they are respected. Because some guys, this is a big milestone for them, getting to play D1 college hockey. And for me, my last name isn't exactly the easiest of names to pronounce if you look at it on paper uh, without the phonetic pronunciation. Uh, so I know how some of these guys can feel as far as announced the way that they would like. So um, I take it upon myself to go up to SID casters if SIDs aren't in attendance at the games to make sure that these guys have their names pronounced correctly over a loudspeaker because – uh, I think it goes a long way to show not only that the public address announcer in the building cares as much as the broadcasting crews up in the booth, because as I mentioned, some of these guys, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for them. And I want to make the most out of it for them just as much as I do for everybody else in attendance. That's terrific. Ian, before we let you go, what's next on the podcast? Uh, next up on the podcast, uh, we're actually going to be talking to, uh, Joe Murray from 98.5 The Sports Hub in the Over Under 98.5 podcast. Um, we're going to be talking to him about some of his uh, work in the Boston radio network prior to his time joining up at 98.5. And potentially we have a couple of big names broadcast booth. Um, that you can tune into on Nesson. I don't want to drop any names yet because we haven't had a chance to confirm them yet. 
But uh, for those of you who are interested, just going to have to stick around and tune in to find out uh, who we have coming your way. I know we have had names like uh, Bob Sosi, another uh, guest of your show as well. We've had a chance to talk to him. We've talked to Mike Sarge Riley. So there's a lot of good content uh, as, as far as guests and uh, interviews are concerned on the show. Uh, and we appreciate anybody that comes our way and, and gives us a listen. Well, that's Title Town Takes. So we invite you to check it out. And uh, Ian, it's been great having you along for the show today. Uh, stay safe and well uh, this, uh, this uh, summer. And uh, hopefully we'll get you to see you back in October, uh, hopefully on time when we get started. Absolutely, John. I'm looking forward to it. And I appreciate you taking some time out of the day to, uh, to, to chat with me. You stay safe as well. And uh, let's, we'll get through this together. Excellent. Ian Beauchene from Merrimack College, public address announcer. Before we ta- before we uh, say so long for today, just a couple of quick notes. Uh, if you want to send me a message uh, through the podcast, uh, please feel free to do that. You can send a voice message if you're on a desktop. If you're on my podcast, there is a way uh, to click on the message link. You can send me a direct uh, voice message there. Also, on if you're on a mobile phone, uh, if you ch- click tools within the Anchor app, you can find the messaging uh, uh, link there. So whether you're on a mobile device or the desktop, if you want to uh, send me a uh, message, a voice message, I, I respond to all of them. So I hope to uh, hear from you. And uh, also, I want to just mention quickly before we sign off that uh, uh, you can also find me now on Cameo, Cameo.com. And uh, you can do a search uh, for my name in the Cameo uh, app, and I'd be happy to uh, provide uh, custom video shout outs for you. So I hope you'll uh, have a chance to uh, uh, take a look at that. So I want to thank my guest today, Ian Beauchene, the public address announcer for men's hockey at Merrimack College. Next week on the podcast, we'll be talking baseball with a writer for the Baseball Prospects Journal, Gershon Rabinowitz, and uh, he will join me next week on the podcast. So again, thanks to Ian Beauchene for uh, being our guest today. I'm John Leahy saying so long, and we will be back with you next week on the next edition of Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Locker Room. Ian, thank you very much. Thank you, John. Well, uh, well when uh, when does when is this going to drop? It will it be out today. I'm going to uh, publish it right now, and I'll uh, I'll send you a link uh, on social media. Awesome! I'll be sure to share it out so other people can take a listen to it as well. Excellent. Thanks, Ian. Take care. Awesome, John. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Very good. Bye bye.